Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all sports infotainment, Denise Alcedo. Happy Friday, Luke. Happy Friday, Denise. It is now technically Friday for you as well. Um, when we started this call, you didn't realize it was Friday for me. <laughs> I didn't. I was so confused. I was like, he thinks he's having a three-day weekend, but he still has to work Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's dive into the show here. because uh, We're going to be talking about The Miz as WWE Champion, and we've got all of your mailbag questions. It's fun old time. Here is the show. WWE Reactions own Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going really good. And I guess you can kind of say that because I've now done two watch-alongs where something insane has happened on both of them. <laughs> I don't know. It's the curse of Denise Salcedo, but it's okay. What can you is do about you, it? Is that what you're now saying? Is that you're the curse? Like I if you go I'm to a cursed. live reaction? <gasps> Think oh, about no. it. They did the, you know, the Fiend, Fiend. Seth Rollins mm -hmm. thing. We don't have to tell you what happened there. And then the Miz becomes champion. <laughs> Come on. Those are probably two things that it's just like, what the heck? What's the common denominator there? It's me. It's Denise Alcedo. Well, actually, we do have a question about that coming up later. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll say for that. Um, but yeah, let's dive into this uh, topic of uh, is The Miz a good WWE champion? Now, I have given my thoughts on this on the Elimination Chamber Review and on the Raw podcast. Ollie and I have taken some heat this week. Uh, people are super mad at us because we're not fully on board with The Miz being WWE champion. And we've actually had like some really interesting conversations with um, people who've been chatting in about whether it's like a generational thing because we're now older. Like we feel like we're now the older curmudgeon-y wrestling fans who are just like, oh, 10 years ago that he was champion. But for some of our viewers, that's a nostalgic pop for them because they were kids when the mids were the, was champion the first time around. So this is now like an, a nostalgic run for him to be a champion again now that they're slightly older. And it's kind of akin to, uh, we made the comparison to The Rock coming back in 2013 and winning the title. While at the time I was like, 
I don't think it's, I want CM Punk to be the champion. I was also like, but I do love The Rock. So I'm glad that The Rock is the champion again. Um, with sort of the benefit of hindsight, Punk probably should have remained tight, uh, remained the champion. But I wanted to let, let's get your thoughts out there, Denise. How are, how are you feeling about the Miz as the WWE champion in 2021? Okay, so I was listening to your podcast with Ollie, and when you guys were reading the ultra chats, is that what you call them now? Ultra chats? Yeah. Okay. So when you were reading those, and people and you guys were again getting heat for saying what you guys, how you guys felt about the Miz. I was very, very surprised. I was, I think I was along the side of Ollie was basically saying like, how did, why, why everybody was feeling this way. And I was thinking the exact same thing too. What happened <laughs> to me, to me, like one second, we were all on the same page of yay, Drew McIntyre's champion. Woohoo. We're all happy. No, we don't want the Miz to be champion. And then all of a sudden people are actually happy for the Miz. And I'm thinking, where exactly did this switch actually happen when did it occur what meeting did everybody have that we all weren't in on that's not that's how i felt because i just don't you know you made this comparison of oh these people might feel about the miz how you felt about the rock in the nicest way possible you can't compare the two like it, it, there's just no comparison and i get it like i get the comparison but at the same time i don't think it's a comparison Secondly, is the, miz, the other is the rock yeah in the nicest way possible <laughs> you really can't compare the two and then just i okay so i said this on my post show but i'm gonna reiterate it again and basically like for me I, I know why WWE might have done it. My estimation is that, or my presumption, I guess you can say, is that he's going to lose at uh, Fastlane. And the reason why I think that is because it's their first pay-per-view on the Peacock app. And I feel like they want to have somebody become champion that day just so that it could be like something buzzy, something newsworthy, you know, just something different to happen. And they probably didn't want uh, Drew McIntyre to, you know, have it lose to somebody else See, like I just feel like the way that it all worked out was so that something big can happen at Fastlane or just so that we can have like this big Wrestlemania moment right and yeah. Yeah, so it's just like for me like I get the technicalities of why they did it but it's it's just I feel bad but for me I'm just not interested at all Luke I'm not interested in seeing the Miz as champion and I like the Miz like this is just I'm talking about his on-screen character i just don't i don't want to see it i know it's a he's a transitional champion i get it you know i get all of that but i'm not a fan so if you guys got heat go ahead bring the heat to me too i can take it like i wasn't a fan of that yeah i mean i i've, I've very much said my my piece on all of this um which is that like it's if you want to make the Miz the WWE champion then like that's fine but you kind of need to build on that you need to make him feel like he's going to be a credible within that position even if he is just going to be a transitional champion because otherwise what you end up with is like another Jinder Mahal situation where it's like you're a jobber you're a jobber you're a jobber then you win the title and it's like well why is he the champion like that doesn't it doesn't really make any sense to me why this person is the champion like a champion should be someone who feels prestigious and I don't it doesn't really feel like they're also telling the story that he's an undeserving champion because they still present him as like, you know, he's featured on TV all the time. Like he's featured on TV and like his character is like, I am great in this idea. Then the company kind of presents him that way. So they can't, they're not quite having their cake and they're also not eating it either. You know, like someone posted up, I think it might have been Sean actually pointed out that The Miz has won three singles matches since January, 2020. Like that to me is like, that's not a good run. That's a really, really bad run. He's, he's lost like 19 of his last 20 matches. God, like, it's terrible. It's, and now he's the champion, right? So it's like, 
It, it's something it like felt nice. look like a prop. And I know a lot of people have yeah. said it is a prop and I get it, but it's just, you don't want to make it too obvious that it's a prop. <laughs> Um, it was pointed out by Russell Vogt. This is three thousand seven hundred and forty-four days between his uh, his two title runs. You know, so he won the title back in twenty ten. Now he's won the title here. Three thousand seven hundred forty-four days. It's the fifth longest gap between title runs. Uh, the only people longer than him was The Rock, Bruno Sammartino, Brock Lesnar, and Bob Backlund. God, that just breaks. I don't. It just it bums me out. It really bums me out. And it's more just like, man, couldn't even couldn't they have at least found like maybe like a newer talent that could have been a transitional champion? I don't see this what that could even happen. Yeah, this was my thought. Like, so I I actually quite like this as a story of the guy who got the money in the bank briefcase and has then cashed it in to become the champion and is now in a situation where he is in the land of the giants, where you know he's facing Bobby Lashley on Raw next week. He's got Drew McIntyre just behind him. Braun Strowman's trying to get involved, and all of a sudden he's this kind of like little guy. This is like, uh oh, now what have I got myself into now? Like, and I've made a deal. I've got a deal with the devil in MVP. Like, that's actually quite a fun story. It is. Problem is, is that. Like, I don't think the Miz is the right character at this point to do that story with because his character now feels incredibly stale. I, I made this point on the Raw podcast, but the promo that he cut on Raw this week after winning the title is almost word for word the same promo he cut when he won the title in 2010. That's a stale character. If you're still making the exact same points, no one wanted me here. The JBLs threw me out the locker room. That's like, <laughs> the fans didn't want me. Like, cool, I know. You told me this 10 years ago. You don't need to be telling me this again now. So like the character feels stale. But if you'd done this with a brand new character, like who's someone who felt fresh and different, I really do think that the reaction to this, even if they would have still been a transitional champion, would have been a very different reaction. Exactly. Because, you know, again, the fact that they made him not necessarily defeat Drew right after the chamber. No, Bobby Lashley did all of the legwork on that. They could have easily had somebody else do that. And I thought the exact same thing. The second he started cutting this promo, it was nothing new. It's something that I've, I and everybody else have already heard before. And it's just Oh my God, it's, can we like, you know, wash our hands and just have something new, something different? Nobody, like, I, I mean, it's astonishing to me based on what people were saying that they were actually happy for the Miz on here. I, I wasn't interested at all. And I just don't feel I, like, I can't really see the pros. And even if they did, I just think that it could have easily been somebody else to be put in this exact same spot. Exactly what you said. The story is good, but it, get, it, it makes you uninterested just because of the players in it. That's exactly it. Like, I, it made me particularly not really want to watch Raw. Like, I was like, I don't want to hear that promo because, like, because Miz for now, like the the character that they've they've kind of like got him doing like this, the correct stuff and all that. Like, it's go away heat for me. It's, it's it makes me want to change. Like, I'm I'm watching this because it's my job, and I I don't I think that's kind of also reflected in the ratings. The ratings were barely up this week. Not many people were actually interested in this. Yeah, it got people talking on on Twitter and because they were upset. There's people like were, us that were upset. Yeah. Yeah, but there are also people that were happy about this, but they that wasn't translating into actual people of putting eyeballs on the product. The ratings was pretty much, it was actually probably worse than you'd expect because you'd usually get a post pay-per-view bump and a new champion as well. And like, but it didn't really translate into anything. But I do wonder if WWE are going to sort of see this reaction the reaction that we're giving now, this sort of like, oh, this, ooh, I, I don't like this. But also the people are like, yeah, yeah, I do like this. And are going to be like, oh, actually, maybe we shouldn't make him a transitional champion. 
maybe he should hold the belt till WrestleMania. Maybe he should walk into WrestleMania as the as the champion and we'll have someone win it there, as opposed to like take the title off him next week on or you know this coming Monday on Raw or at Fastlane, and we'll actually have a a, length, a lengthy run for him. I hope not. I really do. I really do think and hope that he loses the belt at Fastlane because I'll tell you this. I just WrestleMania for the most part always gets me excited, even if maybe it wasn't my it doesn't matter. Like, let's say the main event is something or the top matches were something that I necessarily wasn't as crazy about. Usually they're good enough to get me interested in them. And so this if it were going to be like the Miz, I don't know, versus Drew for the title at WrestleMania, I will tell you right now i would have zero 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 interest in that and it would really really just bum me out because it, it, it it's like come on like we just had wrestlemania with no people can we at least get a little like cheery around here yeah i mean i really do hope like my hope uh, for wrestlemania is that it's still bobby versus drew because i'm really invested in that match because i think the wwe have done and like and, and this is this is kind of what i'm i'm talking about with the miz Bobby Lashley's an old character. You know, Bobby Lashley's been around for a long ass time. You know, he was a top champion. I'm going to use big inverted commas there. Bucky O'Hare is. He was an ECW champion when I was at university. That was a long time ago. I'm an old man now. I've been out of <laughs> university for a long, long time. So he's an he's a he's been a guy been around for ages, but they've re it feels like they've reinvented his character again. And he now feels like fresh and credible and different because they've been booking him so strong for this past year. So him versus Drew is a really like great prospect, even though it's a match I saw I saw last year. I'm really into the idea of Drew versus Bobby for the title at WrestleMania. I'm not. I'll be real. Like, not? No, I'm not. I like what they've been doing with Bobby Lashley the last like three, two weeks or so. And I know that they've been keeping him strong. But for me, it's kind of look, it's really hard for me when someone has sort of been at the same spot on the roster forever. And then all of mm -hmm. a sudden we're supposed to take this person seriously. It's going to take a lot more than all of this to really, really get me and really get me invested. And I don't know if maybe I'm just like, I don't, I'm just, I'm a hard viewer to get sometimes, you know, like to get me, <laughs> like be really, really heartfelt, all invested in this. I would not be completely excited about Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I just feel like. I like what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. I really, really do. But I just don't see it yet for me as a WrestleMania main event caliber match that I would be interested in. Well, I mean, that's it's fair enough. That's one hey, of the and the like, female viewership is like not doing so great on Raw right now or hasn't been doing so great. So there you go. Maybe that's a reason. Notice how you're at least somewhat looking forward to this. And I'm like, nah, like, yeah, it's okay. But I'm not going to go ahead and like, lose my mind over it yeah yeah no I, I, I totally get what you mean and it's it's yeah like i i it, and it almost feels like because they've built no one else up over the last year i guess that's no. probably why i'm into the idea of drew versus bobby because bobby feels like the only guy they've built as there a aren't very many other him. options are there for you there really isn't yeah. so you're kind of i almost feel like you're settling you're like all right they're building them up so i'm settling and okay i'm happy for bobby lashley drew mcintyre but i'm almost sure that like you know, five months ago, six months ago, if they were to say, Luke, who would you book Drew McIntyre against at WrestleMania? I can guarantee that Bobby Lashley wouldn't have been in your top five picks for that. It wouldn't have been Bobby. 
It probably would probably I probably would have said Brock again. Like uh, you know, and uh, that's what a lot of people are thinking. We actually have a couple of mailbag questions about that. Like you know, what uh, what are Brock's plans for WrestleMania and people you know fantasy booking where Brock fits into all of this? Because I'm still thinking that it's going to be Bobby versus Drew at Mania with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison because they were still like even on Elimination Chamber they were still furthering this feud between Bad Bunny and the Miz. Um, aside from like this Raw where like the the two didn't meet and it was weird because like. They've been so entwined. They've been so linked since Bad Bunny came into WWE. This is the first episode where they didn't, their paths didn't cross at all. And I did put out a horrible bit of fancy booking for, for Ollie Davis on the AEW show yesterday, which is we've all been thinking it's going to be Bad Bunny and Priest versus Miz and Morrison. What if Damien Priest turns heel and it's Bad Bunny versus Priest at WrestleMania for the I don't 24-7 think so. title? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to do it. I really do think that it's going to be the tag match. And so I was okay. So that segment, God, what was it, last week, right before Bad Bunny won the 24-7 championship, he was walking with Damian Priest, and, you know, they talk very low, so you could barely hear, but I'm pretty sure they were talking about The Miz, because they were talking in Spanish, but they were talking really low, and I didn't go back and listen to the replay, but I think Damian Priest said, like, oh, let me finish telling you what I was telling you about The Miz. It was, that's what I think I heard, but I really wasn't paying attention, to be honest. It was kind of like, oh, this is starting it. I like, I wasn't completely paying attention, but I'm pretty sure that that's what they were talking about. And I have to go back and rewatch that part, but there you go. That's a little tiny. They didn't make it very obvious. They were speaking in very hushed tones in a different language. So I don't think that a lot of people caught that. I did, but I wasn't fully paying attention. So it's kind of like, oh, I think I just heard him say this. All right, cool. And my lack of Spanish uh, really bit me in the ass. They were like, they didn't make yeah, it. Did. Oh, turns out and I should have brought it up on the Raw post show, but I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. And I should have, honestly, I should have rewinded and really listened to that. But I'm pretty Denise. sure Damien Priest said that. I would have had a speech just- there. You made me look like a right fool there because I listened to your raw review with Sean Ross Sapp, but I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't hear you mention this. Otherwise, no, I, I didn't mention it. I just forgot. <laughs> like, I completely forgot. And I made a mental note of it when I heard the segment. I thought, okay. And then I said it to myself, oh, you should rewind it. And then I never did. And so there you go. The whole moment's lost now. But at least I did it now. So uh, for what it's worth, Russell Votes did tweet out that um, according to their sources, uh, The Miz is not scheduled for the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania, but Bobby Lashley is. So I guess we'll see what happens on Monday. I'm kind of figuring that, like, conspicuous by his absence drew mcintyre was not on raw this uh past monday so i'm thinking he gets involved and we get a dq in the main events and that can set something up for fast lane so i don't i if it was me i'd probably take the title off of the miz and just put it straight onto bobby but i've got this feeling in my gut that we are going to get a dq finish and that will set up like a triple threat or something at fast lane but yeah, so like according to them, it's, it is, you know, Bobby is going to be in the main event picture of Mania, but it's not going to be with The Miz. I mean, I just hope that I get more excited about it, you know? I want to I want to feel more excited about it. I want okay. to, Luke. I want to. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the, uh, the ratings war for uh, AEW NXT. A uh, big week for both of them, actually, you know, with the, the, the Paul White news for, for All Elite Wrestling. Uh, AEW Dynamite averaged 831,000 viewers on TNT, which is up 11.2% from last week. And NXT was also up 2.9% 
734,000 viewers. Both of them did really well in the 18 to 49 as well. Dynamite was uh, fifth, I think, on cable, and NXT was 24th. So that's actually really good. That's actually a really good position for NXT because sometimes they don't even chart in the 18 to 24. But I thought this was an interesting note. Year on year, Dynamite was down 3.9% in total viewership, but up 16.7% in the 18 to 49. That's an uncommon stat in television, and it means that Dynamite's audience continues to skew much younger. NXT was up 2.4% in overall viewers year on year, but down 21.7% in the 18 to 49, which tells you the opposite story. Which is weird too, because NXT has been putting on some great stuff in terms of like everything that they've been doing with the main event picture with the breakup of the Undisputed Era, Finn Balor. All of that has been good. Then they had this no DQ match with Santos Escobar and Cross that I thought was match of the night from both shows and then uh you know did i ever mention did i ever mention the cameron grimes stuff you know they're adding a little bit of you know more funny stuff to their show but it's just a totally different show from aew in terms of there's more of the entertainment showy aspect in aew versus nxt is a little bit more it's just it's just it's just showcased a lot differently than AEW so I feel like that's the reason why people like the younger demo is more interested in watching AEW than NXT Mm, yeah I I don't I can't quite put my finger on like why the switch is like I my figuring is that a lot of people the wrestling fans that were into NXT in the you know pre-AEW era were the fans who were like well I don't like the WWE main product but I do like a lot of these guys because they're the guys that I've loved from TNA and Ring of Honor and New Japan and etc cetera, etc cetera. these are guys that I really like and then when AEW came along they were like oh those are also the guys that I like so I'm just gonna go and watch that show instead like I was watching NXT as the alternative but I've now got my alternative over here in AEW but the people who've stuck around are you know some of the, the, the more loyal fans but also those older 50s who are just gonna watch everything that WWE puts out because that's what they've just done for their entire lives that's kind of like but that feels to me like a too simple of a prospect as to sort of like why like it's, it feels like I'm, I'm really like i'm painting in black and white where i think there's a lot mm. more colors here i agree with you though i really do think that there are some people you know maybe like you just said like the older demo that's like this is what they've been watching their entire lives so they're not going to switch because i remember for like um probably when when impact first started or not when they first started but when they started getting on when they were first on spike tv i didn't immediately go and watch them i I saw them as, you know, obviously I was a lot younger then and I didn't really understand a lot of things. So I had a different mentality back then, but it was basically more of like, I grew up a WWE fan and you know this, like I, that was what I watched. And so when I would hear about this, you know, rival promotion and oh, uh, uh, TNA this, TNA that, I was like, I'm not going to go watch TNA. And I didn't watch it for years because I saw them as the rival promotion and I didn't care to watch them because I was a WWE fan and I switched once I you know met my fiance who actually was a big time WCW fan and anti WWE fan and so he's impact wrestling is what got him back um TNA is what got him back to watching wrestling after WCW died right so he got me interested in impact and that's how I started watching but what I'm trying to say is like sometimes if you don't have that reasoning to watch the other promotion you might just stick to what you're watching because that's what you're a fan of and uh, you know I don't blame people for doing that but also too like It is a very, like, I just want to kind of go back to, like, the fact that it's a different show because I also think that when I'm watching AEW, I feel like 
sometimes anything can happen, right? You have the thing of like, oh, you don't know what's going to happen in this next segment. What crazy thing they're going to do. I do think that NXT needs to add that. They need to have more of that mm. surprise. Anything can happen uh, atmosphere. And I don't think they have that right now. So that's one of the, the major differences I feel from both shows. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I, I just around this stuff, like I, I want to sing the praises of the uh, the NXT angle, the, the stuff they're doing with uh, Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. Like it's so great, it's really, really good. I thought the stuff with Roddy was just it's like it's magical stuff. Like it's, it's dramatic, it's, emotional. I know it's because like because you're so invested in these characters and you love them so much. So it kind of like it breaks your heart in a little way, and like I, you know, Pooba um, put up on on Twitter, and I completely agree with him, which was just like, don't mind me, I'm just going to cry into my undisputed era T-shirt. <laughs> like that's what I felt like I was watching because I've got like an original UE T-shirt. Like when they first formed together, I was like, this is the coolest faction in wrestling tonight. So I bought the T-shirt. I don't really buy a lot of wrestling T-shirts, but I was like, this faction's cool. I'm buying this T-shirt. And I felt like Grand Pooba, and like, I'm just going to go cry into my t-shirt for a little bit. Just don't <laughs> mind me. I'm really sad about this. You know who really got me in like this whole storyline? For me, the one that sold it and made it just that much better was Roderick Strong. I thought his performance in all of this was just, it was gut-wrenching, you know? It was oh, sad. Man. It was so sad. Like he, And then even afterwards when uh, Adam Cole super kicks him in the face, like I, and he's just laying there, I felt like this so much sympathy for him and i like all of the things that they're doing here because everybody's not necessarily maybe aside from cole not everybody's like completely good and completely bad like there's different layers to their characters even like there's so many you know some people are you know they're untrustworthy of each other there's just a lot of different things that they're doing that it's making the storyline more complex and i like that so i do have to say that that is definitely the thing that I look forward to when I go watch when I watch NXT every week. Yeah, same here. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over twenty years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
Uh, right, let's dive into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon at any dollar amount and submit a question in the community tab. Do label it question because otherwise I may miss it. Do not email it to me. I will lose it. Bad at my job. Um, <laughs> I finished your line for you. I'm bad at my job. Thanks. That's my favorite Luke line. I'm bad at my job. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Ree Smith uh, said, with the overexposure and oversaturations of special match types like Hell in a Cell, the Gauntlet, Battle Royals, um, what rarely used match type or old match type from WCW shows would you like to see come back? Excuse me, similar to NXT War Games. Uh, for example, I'd personally like to see Scramble matches back again. You know, I was going to say, what about what about uh, War Games with the Roof? <laughs> <laughs> proper war games yeah exactly exactly no my fiance always gets so mad he's like that's not war games that's not the real war games and i'm like bro well what can you i'm not gonna go in there and be like hey put a roof on this that's not war games <laughs> so that's my yeah. answer dude we had the same thing like when they did the first war games we had so many people being like this is a war games that's not <laughs> yeah. war games that are you talking about like yeah it was a good match but that's not war games yeah exactly exactly and i even try like i try to do i try to be like devil's advocate and i'll be like well because this this this, this. there's no reason <laughs> well that's it like I, i'm the same i was like yeah but how could uh, someone can't dive off the top of the cage if there's a roof on it so like yeah, you've got, exactly. you've got, it's got to be roofless also like have you seen like the because have people been sharing like some clips of war games matches uh recently on twitter those roofs were so low like if they you did power bomb, like, so, like if you did a power bomb you're basically like hitting your head on the roof and then you're just taking this awful bump it feels a lot safer the fact that there's no roof on this thing yes yeah i like i see i can't decide i think because i don't know i can't decide what i like best but oh oh my god my fiance would be so mad if he heard me say this right now. i can't decide what <laughs> i like best oh he would be so pissed right now <laughs> <laughs> um i i i, I kind of like the idea of the scramble match as i think there is something fun about it it is it's kind of like a quite a silly concept but you know they've only done it the once so it would feel quite special to come back but at the, as soon as you meant like as soon as reese put this question in my first thought was the triple decker cage match from wcw of just like the wild stupid spectacle that that was Whereas, like, you go back and you watch that triple decker cage match, and, you, and it's like, this is ludicrous. This is so silly. But, I, I, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I'd probably watch another one. I was going to say, can we count the monster truck match? <gasps> yes, of course. Does that we count? Can. <laughs> of course we can. Monster trucks go brum brum. They're amazing. <laughs> I would brum brum. I would definitely want to see something like that again. I mean, why the hell not? Might as well, right? um i was talking to i actually talked to wally off air about this but you know like um uh darby allen made his entrance yesterday on dynamite with the uh on wednesday rather on the zip line yeah and it's you know it's this cool spectacle and everything like that ollie was like nah, i don't think it was that cool like you know what? I get, yeah he's like i get this visual but like the the guys in the ring just have to be like oh no he's coming at me very slowly i'm just gonna stand here and wait for you to arrive then take the harness off and everything no and i did sound pretty fast I, I know we're, we're just sort of being very prestigious about the whole thing but I was like I wonder if like if he'd have entered in a monster truck would Ollie have had a different opinion on this because if there's one thing that us 90s kids love it's a bloody monster truck so I think That's I'd have true. loved it yeah well think of like truck. all the different vehicles that Austin drove in on I mean think about all of that or like even Kurt Angle like all the different I think anytime you bring in somebody comes into a in, come in with any sort of vehicle it's a mark out moment even Shotzi with her little tank even that gets over so I think just the incorporation of 
some sort of mode of transportation. People get all excited about it. So why the hell not? Go ahead and do it. Uh, they also ask if I've seen the Mortal Kombat trailer. I have, and I bloody loved it. I thought it was so cool, and I'm really, really excited for this. But I am a lover of the original movie. Um, I wrote a book about it once. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really uh, excited for it. Did you see the trailer? I don't know anything about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I thought it was a video game. It is a video yeah. game, but they made it is yeah, but it's, oh, it's okay. a movie now. It's the third. I didn't know it was a movie now. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, there you they, go. It's the yes, yeah, the third movie as the new like latest like reboot they've done of it. But I'm super excited for it. I'm really. not in their demo audience. I'm not in their audience. <laughs> I'm not in their demo. I would love to watch the trailer with you though, just so I could see what your reaction to it is. Like, I I think it, very... Is it like an animation? Is it no, like live Transformers? Live like... There's this moment when Sub Zero like stabs this guy, and the blood like comes out of his back, and because he's got supernatural freezing powers, he freezes the blood together, so it forms into this like blood spike, so he can then stab the guy with his own blood it's brilliant see i've never been into this kind of stuff like this is like the one thing that i, I realize every time we do this show we're into totally different things we like <laughs> totally different stuff <laughs> um Dwayne the grong johnson said a bit of a random question this week imagine you're stuck on a desert island for a month with entertainment and accommodation but you can pick one breakfast meal one dinner meal and one snack and that is all you're going to have for the entire month uh, personally, oh, for me, it would be a cheese toasty for breakfast, a kebab with chips for dinner, and Thai sweet chili crisps as a snack. What are you having? All right. So let's do this. Breakfast, bagels with cream cheese, and scrambled eggs on the side and a coffee. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, nice. Dinner, pizza <laughs> with ranch <laughs> and a, a Dr. Pepper. And then for a snack, oh, snap. Um, I'm going to go with hot cheetos okay all right i'm you? um i'm having a full english breakfast so that is like you know vegetarian here so that's scrambled tofu that is um morrison's i think they've got like a really good um veggie bacon which is delicious it's really really good so that some linda mccartney sausages baked beans um and some like fried tomatoes uh, with some basil and oregano and some fried mushrooms with some um rosemary and thyme on there not salt and pepper and everything mm, delicious so that'd be my breakfast. My mouth is literally watering at the, at the prospect of that as a breakfast. So I have to tell you before you give your... Okay, you know what? Keep going. And then I'll tell... Remind me that I need to tell you something about big English breakfast. Keep continuing. Tell me now. Yeah, no, okay. Tell me no. now. Okay. I just don't want you to forget to give your answer. Okay. So when I went to London, because you know, I was there... For, I went to London a couple of years ago for like three days, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I went into the gift shop and you guys had like these very interesting uh london themed condoms in the gift shops <laughs> and they had a condom that said big english breakfast and that was the, the and then it had like the sausage the eggs yeah and i was like what the hell <laughs> and i every time i hear Did big english one? no <laughs> I, I bought the big ben <laughs> Oh, Denise. Blue Denise. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, but anyways, so every yeah. time, you know, you guys made an impression on me. 
it sounds like it. Big Ben indeed. Um, Continue <laughs> on with your answer. Yeah. So what would I have as my dinner? Um, I guess like I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a basic. I, I'm going to go with Toad in the Hole, which is a Yorkshire pudding. It's a Yorkshire pudding batter with some sausages in there, with mashed potato, bean, uh, peas, and gravy. I think that's what I'd, I would really like. That there, yeah, that's what I'm going to pick as my my uh, dinner of choice. And then as my snack. I'm going to go with um, the salt and black peppercorn kettle chips that I got Oh, yeah, those are good. Um, I had those with sour cream. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm having those with a little bit of hummus, I think. Also, your hot Cheeto is an excellent choice. Uh, very, very good. Um, so uh, Callum says, what TV shows do you want each other to watch? I want Luke to watch How I Met Your Mother or actually watch The Rest of Lost. It's not happening, Callum. It's time to give up that ghost to me. I'm not going to watch Lost. You know, it's, it's now on Disney Plus and I'm still not going to watch it. Is it really um, on Disney Plus? Wow, I didn't yeah, even realize star, that. Yeah, it's part of the star, um, a new edition thing that they've got. Um, and, he has, and I want Denise to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Is that a police show? It is, yes. I'm not into police shows. Like, if it's about police, I, I'm not really interested in those kind of shows. Like, I don't even like police movies. Uh Mm. Even Police Academy? No, I didn't watch Police <laughs> Academy. I don't know what it is. I'm just not is interested it... in those types of movies. Yeah. Like, the, you know, oh, the good cop, the bad cop, the this, the it's I, it doesn't appeal to me. Would it appeal to you if I was to say that, like, Brooklyn Nine Nine is kind of like it subverts a lot of those tropes, and it is there to kind of like essentially like be sort of a tribute, but also a parody of a lot of those kind of uh, cop idea, cop uh, cop movie ideas. No, I just, I'm not mm. interested in that. I can't okay. get into it. I don't even know if there's certain things you just can't get into. Yeah, no, I know. I totally get it. But now that you've said that you don't want to watch it, I feel like I want to just keep arguing with you. and make sure Why is it really good? Brooklyn. I love it. I, I love it. I think it's really, really funny. And I love all the characters in there. And I'm sad it's coming to an end. So I, I think that might be my answer of that or um, the DuckTales reboots, because I love that show so much. You would make me watch Please. DuckTales? Yeah, dude. Isn't that a cartoon? Rad. Yes, and it's excellent. Luke, I'm an adult. <laughs> I am in my mid-30s and I cried watching a couple of episodes. Honest to goodness, like it made I'm so in I was so invested <laughs> in the storyline they were telling throughout series one, and like then they had the big reveal of it in season two. I actually cried like multiple times. What? It's what? so good. It's so good. Okay, see, I can't even fathom that whatsoever. <laughs> I can't know. See, I don't okay, I don't even watch cartoons, period. So to sit and watch an entire season of a show of DuckTales, I don't think I could get myself to do it. And I'd rather watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> but okay, so aside from the answer for you for how I met your mother, have you ever seen Sex in the City? I have, yes. My, okay, my, my I met your mother. Hi, yeah. I met your yeah. mother is the answer to go. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe maybe one day I will actually get down to watching it. Um, I also think that's on Disney Plus now because it's part of the Star Package. So maybe oh. I'll watch it through that. Have you seen um you on Netflix? Yeah, it's the 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 stalker guy, right? The stalker one. You've seen that one? No? I saw the first. I saw the first season. My first wife actually watched the second season on her own. She said it was much better. Yeah, um, it was I thought the, the I thought the first one was almost like Dexter Light. It was almost like because I and it was like very similar to Dexter at times. I was like, these are right, literally identical scenes to things I've seen in in Dexter. So yeah, but I've heard that the second series was much better. Okay, yeah, no, it it was good. Like I'm ready. I'm excited for season three. Ooh, do you watch Handmaid's Tale? 
Oh, dude, I love The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it's so good. They Although, announced that it's coming back. You know that. I, I, yeah, I, I, we've got a date for it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let me pull it up. You can continue on. I'll come up with the date right now. That's or... good. I love it. Although, dude, it is a bleak show. Like, every, like, like, after almost every scene finishes, I just turn to my wife and be like, oh, my God, this is bleak. Oh, and I love cute. Elizabeth Moss. She's such a good actress. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. So great. Yeah, I love her. The Invisible Man was an insane, insanely good movie. And that's actually partly down to Elizabeth Moss's okay. performance in that. The fourth season of The Handmaid's Tales premieres with three episodes on Wednesday, April 8th, 28th. Oh. April 28th. And then there's going to be 10 episodes in the upcoming season. And they actually put out a teaser already for it too so that's up there oh, i'm gonna probably watch that later on so it's oh, up that's there. soon that's very good and the other um, show i'm gonna give a Crazy. shout out to we, we, we are gonna move on to another topic in a session the other show i'm gonna recommend to you and only because i do a podcast about it is games master which is the sh- it was a tv show from here in the 90s like in the early 90s and it's kids playing video games in like challenge things i know you're not particularly interested in video games but i do a podcast about it so i just wanted to i want to share that with you look you're killing me here you're killing me here you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> You're okay. giving me all the things that are so not on the Denise Salcedo list. Okay, Chris Gardner. I need says, drama, um, emotion, oh, but there's crying, drama, there's emotion. laughter. So DuckTales, that's got everything that you're after. But like with adults in it, like real people in it. They're adults. Scrooge McDuck's very old. I can't. What's the next question? Chris Gardner says, do you think they'll treat Cole versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly's story in the same way they wanted to do Gargano Champa without all of the injuries? It'd be nice to see how that story was actually supposed to go. Yeah, I almost forgot about that for a second, but that really, that really sort of came apart, right? Mm. Oh, man, I don't know. Every time they tried as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like they're going... I feel like this is the best thing that they have going right now. So I really hope that they go and try something new with this, with the whole Undisputed Era breakup. I hope that they just do something that we haven't seen before. So mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm liking it so far. Yeah, I'm really, really loving it. Uh, Kevin says, um, as we're sadly approaching the anniversary of the start of the WWE COVID era, which gimmick storyline wrestler do you think has benefited the most from the MC Arena shows? I don't know if it's a hot take, but my pick is Roman Reigns' tribal chief character. I feel like that would be the answer because I'm trying to think of somebody else that has really, really benefited from this. I don't think, I think, I think of anybody else. Who else? Well, I, I think like Bailey and Banks really made themselves like feel like stars throughout this. Like I, I, I've said it multiple times, but I think they were like the shining stars of the COVID era, like particularly during the summer last year. Like they were, just, you know, they were on every show, which, you know, certainly helped, but they were just like, every time a segment of theirs was coming up, I was like, uh, I'm now going to get something really good here. And I think they really like made themselves into excellent characters off the back of, you know, being given that the time and space. But like, I think Kevin's right about Roman Reigns because without this being an empty arena era, would they have risked turning Roman heel? Like if you're not, cause you know, he's the ticket seller, right? He's the ticket seller, he's the merch seller. Would you have taken the risk of turning him heel and having it backfire, kind of like it did with Austin back in oh, you know, oh one. You turn your top guy heel, people stop going to see the shows. So the fact that you're not trying to sell tickets, the fact that you're not trying to sell the merchandise, like through um, live events, 
you can take a risk like turning Roman heel. And if anything, it's actually massively benefited from them. And I think he's going to sell more tickets off the back of their heel turn because we've seen how good it is. And we know that they were very hesitant to do it. That was something that's, you know, fans were saying, just do it already. Quit shoving, you know, babyface Roman down our throats. So I do agree with Roman as the answer. And I do think about Sasha and Bailey. And I think that's a great answer too, especially because they were, you know, at the top of this, the top of, you know, really the start of the pandemic. And Roman Reigns has sort of been on the latter end of it for now. So mm. I do think though that, I don't know. I feel like Sasha Banks is probably a strong one, but the fact that the momentum hasn't necessarily stayed all the way through, I'm going to have to go with Roman Reigns here. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. Um, Magnetic Field. Um, it kind of talks about how like there's been some like memes and stuff shared about what Roman said to Edge on SmackDown. You know, when you just saw like, oh, oh the West when he was his ear. Yeah, I mean, Magnetic's question is, what do you think Roman said to Edge? Hey. They got that good dip in catering. I don't know. I can't think of something. I'm sorry. I went to see Big Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am going to be terrified when the show goes live and my Twitter feed is going to be all of Big Ben. Oh, and I have a picture with Big Ben, too. So I'm not, Do you really? Like, the, <laughs> Big Ben, the, the landmark. <laughs> I came out so wrong. That's like my one picture. So I don't know if you were, well, you probably, well, you, you know, where there's like the big, big band sat and then there's like a little red phone booth and like all the yep. tourists go there and like take I, a I little am. picture. I went and got a picture there. So I do have my big band photo there. That's that's really cool. I I I don't begrudge anyone doing the, uh, the touristy stuff around London. Like that's what it's there for. Like it's hey, a. I have a question for you. Is it mm -hmm. rude to take pictures with those guys with the black thing and the red coats, the ones that just stand there and don't smile and are all serious. Um, I don't know if it's rude. Like, again, because I think they kind of like, they, you know, everyone does it. So I think they're kind of like just used to it at this point. I took so many selfies with this one guy who was just standing there. And I was like, <laughs> I, all I would selfies with them. <laughs> they're like, a little bit annoyed about it oh i'm i feel like i didn't know if it was like a thing to do or if it was considered rude but at the time i was like well i've never seen this before this is so new to me so i'm gonna take a picture with this guy so i have I my suppose, picture with him i suppose my question would be like if uh, someone came to uh, la someone came to california and they were like you were doing your job out in the streets and then someone was trying to take selfies with you because they haven't seen this sort of like, they haven't seen a YouTuber making a video. Oh, that's happened. So People take pictures with you. Like if they see you doing something that's like, uh, I don't know how to explain this. So I've had situations like that where like, let's say, they see you with like a camera or a reporter or something. They'll people like foreigners, like especially down in Hollywood, they'll ask for pictures. Really? And even when this is totally opposite, but when I was working retail, um, I had some foreigners that would come over and they would ask to take pictures with the with the with the Latina females. It was a thing. They'd be like, Can we have a picture with you? Or like it was, and it would happen to all the the Latina women in my store. We would get asked to get pictures with the foreigners because it was like a thing. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, then I completely take it back then. But it's basically yeah. the situation. The guy's trying to do their job. You take a photos. You're trying to do your job. They want to take photos with you. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So I guess it is natural. But anyway, so yeah, I, yeah. I did that in my time in London. 
Uh, Adam Gallic says, uh, thank you for the response last week. I do agree with you about money in the bank. I think I was just reaching for something with the Miz where he probably should have had it in the first place. My question is, what does WWE do this year to make money in the bank mean something again? It's simple. Give it to somebody that's a credible challenger. Somebody that, like if a Keith Lee had it, heck, Matt Riddle had it. Heck, uh, if, even Sheamus, man. I don't yeah, know. Just I, somebody that it can mean something. But it's to put it onto someone who can do something with it. Like, uh, so someone who's new, who's never had it before, I think will really help. But also someone who doesn't need it. So like Braun Strowman didn't need money in the bank because he was going to get title opportunities regardless. Brock Lesnar didn't need money in the bank because he's going to get title shots regardless. What you want to do is give it to someone who is rarely in that WWE championship picture. Someone who feel is a mid-carder, but has never been part of that main event scene. Because what it makes you feel like is like, well, this guy's going to get elevated into that scene. Sometimes it works. Like, you know, Edge is completely worked for. Seth, it completely works for. Sometimes it doesn't. Didn't work for Mr. Anderson. I know that he'd lost the money bank. Didn't work for Jack Swagger. Didn't really work for Dolph. But it can, it, it's, I think it's worth trying it with someone who has not been, and that's kind of like why I was a little bit excited for it to be Otis, because I was like, that said something different. He's not really been part of that scene before. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with it. Problem was they had such dominant champions in Roman and in Drew that it's like, well, I don't think he's going to cash on either of those successfully. The problem with that is that even though it felt different to have somebody like Otis win, the problem with that was that he was still treated as somebody that was super goofy. Had he been having like the, you know, had he been, I mean, I really think that if anybody's booked well and they have charisma, they can go far. And I do think that Otis is one of those people that has charisma. So he could have been this easy, easy easily likable person to have this opportunity with. But the problem is that they, I almost wonder if they didn't see that in him and they were like, no, he's too goofy. He's too funny. He's, you know, the guy that rubs, you know, rubs his belly and says, oh yeah, you know, like mm -hmm. it, they didn't, they could have done something with him. And I would have liked it better than having to find a way to get it on somebody else because they couldn't come up with something with Otis. Like that whole lawsuit stuff was so confusing. It went over everyone's heads. Nobody cared. It was, it was, it was a tough way. It was a icky way to get it off of him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, ben Waller is the question. Denise, how was the WWE watch along for Elimination Chamber? All right, here we go. I'll give you guys some details. So I, <laughs> funny story. So I was knocked the hell out. All right? I was sleepy. I had a text and I saw, but I didn't see the text. I just saw the little text icon. And I was like, oh, it's probably someone. I don't even know who. And I went back to sleep. <laughs> all right. I went back to sleep without reading the text message. I woke up and finally I'm like, all right, I'm going to start the day. Let me see what's going on here. So I opened the text and it's from WWE. And I'm like, <gasps> this came like two hours ago. It was the text that I heard coming in, but I didn't read. So I wrote back, yes, I will be on the, sh on the watch along. And then afterwards, um, so the day came and I was so nervous because they told me I was going to be in the uh, women's tag team match. But then they were like, oh, maybe you're going to be in the in the triple threat match for the U.S. title. So I kind of mentally prepared for both of those situations, you know, like maybe come up with some things that I might talk about, might bring up, you know, a little preparation. And so I ended up really being on neither of those because I came in like the last few minutes of the women's tag match. But it was just kind of crazy. Just the whole 
uh, experience of like connecting on. I missed practically the entire elimination chamber and I had to rewatch the pay-per-view afterwards because I was literally connecting for like half hour, just waiting essentially for my cue. So then I finally go on and, you know, I do my little thing and then I log off. But then as I'm logging off, they're like, hey, can you stay on for like another segment? And since I had practically missed the entire show, I didn't even know it was the main event already until bam, I'm in. And I was like, oh man, it's the main event. (laughs) I didn't even realize it because I couldn't have any of my devices on because of my internet. And so it was like this whole big internet tech thing. And so I didn't know anything that was happening either on the watch along or on the actual show. And then once I went on, they had like a little screen for you to watch the show, which I didn't know about either. But like you have like a little tiny screen that only you can see and watch the chamber pay-per-view. So it was just like, technically speaking, it was a crazy like experience to like not know what's happening. And so, but being on the actual watch along was exciting because I didn't know that I was going to be on the main event. I didn't know I was going to be on with Booker T. So it was very, I didn't prepare to do that match what at all. So everything was just kind of like, all right whatever knowledge or background knowledge or information that I had already going into this is what I'm going to bring to the table. So it was more of that. And then just, I don't know, it was really fun though. Really, really fun. And it's just, it's a crazy, it's a crazy experience to do. Cause even I was telling you, like, it's very hard to do watch alongs because you're paying attention, but then you're also listening to the conversation. You got to be prepared for what questions are you going to be asked. And it's a lot of, a lot of that, but it felt good. A lot of people were like really awesome. And you know, were saying a lot of really nice things. So I was just so thankful that people were blowing me up on the chat. So I was really happy about that. And then even afterwards, my, everybody watched like my mom, my mom watched my brothers, my sisters, even though they were all like, that doesn't even look like Denise. And why does she sound so different? Did they according to my brothers and my sister, they didn't recognize me. They were like, that's not Denise. And I was like, wow, how ugly am I in real life that you couldn't even recognize me on, on the stream? And then my grandparents watched with my fiance in the living room and they had to watch on the phone because I couldn't Chromecast it because of the internet. It was just this whole big internet issue. But anyways, um, yeah, it was really fun. And I was just really happy that I got the opportunity. I'm, I mean, the, the, the thing I'm really picking up there is that your siblings didn't think you looked like you because... <laughs> you have shared a lot of photos of yourself from like you know the last 10 years or whatever you have not aged a day you look right now as you did like 10 years ago so it seems weird now that your siblings like that's a different person yeah I'm like what the heck like I think it's because I curled my hair and you know they're listening to me talk professionally and you know I you know just chill at home so and usually when they see me and and maybe they haven't seen my face in a while because every time they see me I'm wearing a mask (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they forgot what I looked like. But it was just really funny because my mom was like, yeah, they were they were like, that's not Denise. <laughs> and my brother was like, oh, when he said she apparently when I moved my hair at some point, my brother was like, oh, yeah, that's Denise. <laughs> I was like, OK, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. What a lovely little idiosyncrasy that you've got yeah. your brother. Oh, that's adorable. My little um, brother was taking screenshots too of the chat. And he was oh. he was like, they're 12 years old. My my brothers are 12. Mm. My other brother's 13. And my other sister's 14. Uh no, 15. So they're, you know, little and they were all screenshotting. They were excited about it. Oh, that's adorable. That's so cute. Um, yeah, and no, I was really happy for you to to, to be on the show as well. And I was trying to like tune in and stuff because we were doing our own watch along. And I was yeah. trying to like 
I kept going on to the WWE one and being like, oh, Denise isn't there yet. And I thought <laughs> yeah, she was going to be yeah. on one of the earlier matches. <laughs> I was just here, literally like right here where I'm sitting right now, just waiting. I was like, la da la da la da. Eventually, it'll be my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw you in the main event because because we were doing our own gimmick of like it was elimination chamber. So like as soon as you're as soon as your guy is in, you're in. But if you're eliminated, then you leave the stream. So I was I Randy Orton was my guy, so I was out very early. Uh, oh yeah. Chamber, so I was like, so I I kind of logged out and I was like, I'll just go and check. And then I saw you on there. I was like, oh right, there she is. Denise is finally on the watch that. along. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, I only knew that you were on because somebody screenshotted your comment and tagged me on Twitter. So had they not done that, I wouldn't have seen because I couldn't even see <laughs> the chat either. I'm telling you, I had no idea what was happening anywhere. Um, cool. Uh, Alex Kirkman uh, says, Randy Orton aside, if you could book a Firefly Funhouse match with The Fiend against anyone else, past or present, who would it be? Mine would be Triple H. Triple H is such a good choice for a Firefly Funhouse match. It's like someone who has got this sort of lengthy character that's gone through so many of these different ebbs and flows. I think that'd be a fascinating character to like dive into. Mankind. <gasps> oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one for me, that one for me, 100%. That would be some sadistic stuff. Yeah, that'd be really good. Because the other answer I had was Vince McMahon. Like, oh, okay, yeah. That yeah, would like be great Vince too. Man. Yeah, it'd be so weird. Like, that'd be such a weird thing to do, but I'd be so in for it. Um, he also asked me as well, like, why do I not have a light in my bathroom? So this is from uh, Rust Talk After Dark. We um, had an episode on this recently. I think it was, came up on a podcast, maybe. But uh, in my old house, the light in our bathroom broke. Like it just, it, it died out, right? And then I was going to get it replaced and I didn't. And it just, and then the, the clicker broke as well. So like the light was out, the clicker was broken. So it was just on my list of things that I needed to do uh, in the house. And it took me like four years to fix. Because like <laughs> other things just kept coming up that I needed to fix instead or needed to like put some effort into. So we just didn't have a light in our bathroom for four years. So every time we went to the bathroom, we just took our like just put our torches on our phones, just put the torch on the phone and we'll just go in there with that. And we'll just, you know, and we had like for some candles. Four in there. years? For four years. Sometimes we would have like candles in there. We had some electric candles in there for a little bit. It's just we actually did a podcast segment about this where it's just like things in your house that are wrong that you know you need to fix, but you just get used to the fact that they're a bit broken and then it just becomes part of the furniture. So like me going in there to like like so um when we had guests come over, our friends used to say, like, it's kind of quaint because it feels like I'm in a Dickensian house and you know, peeing by candlelight because you don't have any electricity in here. So it's a bit like the Amish. <laughs> exactly so it was just i just got used to it if i was going to the toilet i just grabbed my phone to uh, switch the torch on so i can see what i'm doing like it was just i got i just got used to it wow i can't imagine that because my light flicker goes on like every 10 seconds someone's going into the bathroom it's like shum, 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 like all day long i can't even go imagine going to the bathroom without a light Dude, I would fix that it. like immediately i don't i don't know what took precedence over that but i would have done that like asap we fixed it uh, about three months before we moved out. Might have even been less than that. It might have been about two months before we moved out. I was actually when I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it now. I'm just going to go in there. I'm just going to get my tools set out and I'm going to fix this. But yeah, wow. it was like just before we left. And the only reason I did it is because I felt bad about the person moving in. I was like, oh, they don't need to have a bathroom with no light. I'll, I'll fix it now. See, I would have just been like, well, it's their problem now. And <laughs> they could deal with it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Not my problem. <laughs> 
Uh, Baby Donovan says, uh, after he didn't appear at Elimination Chamber, what would you ideally or realistically do with Brock Lesnar when he comes back? Do you align him with Heyman? Do you have him feud with Roman, Drew, or even possibly Lashley? I would like to see him feud with Roman. I think that yeah. I think there could be something there, and I think it would be really exciting, and that would definitely have that main event big deal feel. Like you, you, you couldn't fake that. Like it would be there. Yeah, I mean, for me at the moment, like it's because me and we've been talking about this a lot. I like they Lashley winning the title. Like whether you do it as a transitional thing for Drew, or you actually keep Lashley as champion for a little bit, and you keep it through to SummerSlam, and you do Lashley. Brock at SummerSlam, I think it'd be a really big money match. So yeah, it's brought, like Lashley's the one who kind of intrigues me at the moment because that's something we haven't really seen before. And as you know, it's actually Lashley has said in interviews is the reason he came back to WWE is because he was promised a match with Brock Lesnar. And here we are, like you know, nearly five years later, and he still hasn't had that match. So uh, yeah, I, I, that's the match I'd really like to see. Yeah, I could, I could. That's something that's been talked about for quite some times, at least within the fan base, you know. Uh, Owen says, I always hear how fans fantasy book AEW putting WWE out of business. Do they? Like, I've never heard people say, like, I want to see them put them out of business. I, that seems like so. I mean, it's never going to happen either. Well, it's not like it's not smart. We need to we need more than one company that is yeah. you know, pro doing good stuff. OK, we need it. Not everybody can be you know, a star on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown or on AEW Dynamite. We need to have more than one company so that there could be more opportunities for talent. So I wouldn't want any business going out of business. No, uh, but he says, do you guys think that there's something uh, the WWE could do to put AEW out of business? Is there a big move or is it, would it be a gradual process? I, I think the one thing that would end AEW kind of you know essentially why it killed wcw which is that someone different runs the company and like you know wcw died because someone new came in charge of the and had gone to a certain position in power and turner ted turner had lost his power someone new got into the position and was like i don't like wrestling so we're going to take it off tv that was it that's what killed wcw it wasn't anything to do with like wwf it wasn't anything to do with the product bad as it was it was this guy who was just like, we're spending a lot of money on this. I don't know why. Nah, I don't want it. We're going to take it off self-destructed. Instead of, yeah. you know, WWE history tells it more of like, we rose above and we started doing this and we beat them on the ratings. But it's more of like they they ruined themselves, WCW. It was, it was businessmen doing businessmen stuff. Like it was just, it was contracts and it was uh, board meetings and it was suits that killed WCW <laughs> in the end. And I think like probably it'd be the same thing for AEW because uh, the great example of this is Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is still going. A company that some people thought would be dead within a year is still on TV because someone will someone just buys it up. Some The next person comes in as the new investor for this, whether that's Dixie, whether it's Billy Corgan, whether it's Scott Demore and, and Don Callis, there will always be someone who will buy up something, buy up a property and try and make some money off the back of it. And as long as there's a TV network that'll put you out there, that's what will keep you going. Exactly. All these different regimes of people running the business. Yeah. 
Um, Mark Jones uh, says, I just wanted to give a shout out to Aliata for his fancy booking of Brock returning uh, to lead to Brock versus Bobby versus Drew at Mania. Um, and Mark says, um, this time related to uh, the theme of transitional champions, it seems obvious that the plan is to make Miz a transitional champ with the belt next going to Lashley. Uh, my question is, who do you think is the best transitional champion that WWE has given us? For me, I think it was Edge's 2006 run as champion right up there because it was a great cash-in. He had one of Ric Flair's best matches in his second run. And, uh, and plus the stories around the rain built up Cena and Foley feuds, which I still like to this day. Who's yours? Because I feel like I can't think of someone for me. Yeah, I was really struggling with this one as well because, like, I like, um, uh, like uh, it's Kevin, wasn't it? Like, sorry, Mark. I like Mark was saying there. Like, I really uh, Edge is a good shout, but I was actually really gutted about Edge losing the title so quickly because Edge won the title in New Year's Revolution, right? And I was like, oh, this is so cool because I was so done with Cena. And I was like, this is awesome. And then he just lost it back so quickly that it actually made me hate Cena more. And so. I, I wasn't actually, I wasn't into the idea. Like, yeah, you're right. Like we got some really good stuff out of it, but I I wanted to see Edge get a good run. And I know we got great runs after that, but nothing is, you know, forever. Um, so yeah, so I don't really have a good answer for this one. Me either. I feel like I have to think about that one more. Transition. No, it's not the time to be doing this. Transitional WWE <laughs> You're <champions>. Googling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because we're, we're like we're so running so long on this uh Seamus has won the Iron Sheik this is a the sportster uh Rey Mysterio Big Show oh the Big Show these are all problems like none of these are like particularly good <laughs> so like yeah I feel like the reason probably why we can't think of an answer is because it's like who remembers really these transitional yeah, well, they're not like, usually that memorable and like, because, you know, the answer is like, who's a good transitional champion? And when I'm looking at this, is I'm just seeing disappointment. Like, you know, Bray Wyatt, when he won the title and then just lost it to Randy Orton the, the <laughs> month later, I was, I really didn't like that at all. Kane, when he won the title in, in 98, like I was kind of, wanted, I want to see what Kane was going to do instead of just losing it the next night. Mankind on January 4th. I, I love the fact that they ping pong the title back with each other, but at the same time, I wanted to see McFoley get that WrestleMania run. So yeah, I don't really, I don't have a good answer for that one. Um, Ket said, uh, Luke, this one's for you. Who is more boring, Randy Orton or Triple H? We normally talk about these two being as boring, but which one bores you to tears the most? Luke, mm. I'm going to get mad. <laughs> I'm going to get mad. I mean, it's Randy. Like, okay. Randy's more I'm not boring gonna than get Triple mad H. Mad. Like, because Triple H has had some of my favorite matches of all time. I do think that he is, like, him having the longest WrestleMania match uh, on every card, I think, could be a bit tiresome because he doesn't always need to have it. Like, that match with Seth Rollins was pretty boring. That match with Batista was utterly boring. But Randy Orton just has more boring matches, like, throughout the year. So I'm going to go with Randy Orton. <laughs> I think I would have to go with Randy Orton, too. Uh, Marcus Sol Campbell, simple question for this week. Could we see the return of the World War Three match? Ooh. I don't think so. Like the whole reason that Vince didn't want to do um, war games is because he didn't want to have two rings because that kind of like it removes a portion of the fans from like the floor seating, which is less tickets to sell. Um, so World War Three, that's three rings. I don't think he's going to want to do that either. That no, it would just be like a complete and utter disaster. And I, no, and with all the WWE camera cuts, can you imagine oh, that? Oh, oh my I god, it'd be so hard know. to watch. We wouldn't even know what's happening. It'd be like click, 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 a bunch of images. <laughs> oh, you've absolutely I didn't even think about that, but you're right, the production would be horrendous. It would just um, be a bunch of faces. <laughs> just you wouldn't even know like what move sets were happening. <laughs> 
Uh, Angel Gonzalez says, to the best podcast members of Rest Talk, Luke and Denise, as a new patron, I wanted to say hello from Texas. It's the best Ooh. state in all of the United States, right, Denise? You know what? I was about to greet you and be like, howdy there, but bro, Texas over California, please. I've been to Texas, all right? I traveled throughout Texas, and look, I don't want to be mean to people from Texas or anything like that, but there were so many towns where I was driving, you know, we were driving, and there was nothing. There was just no people, no buildings, no nothing, like no life, and I'm like, this is a town. Where is everybody at? So no. And there was even a point where I, I had to eat food for dinner from the gas station, okay? Because I couldn't even find a decent restaurant to eat at. I had to eat food. I had to eat donuts from the gas station. All right? So no. Sorry. California, number one. Uh, uh, my question is, um, what is one of the last big things you did before lockdown began? And what's the things you look forward to when it's a little bit safer? For me, it was Royal Rumble here in Houston. It was a lot of fun being on the ramp to see Edge's return. So is this wrestling related? I, I think just like, I mean, related. I'm just saying life. I mean, I, I've got no wrestling thing that I can give. So uh, like, what was the big like life thing that you did before lockdown? Well, for February, for Valentine's Day, I went out to this really great restaurant and had these amazing tacos, like one of the best because they were like fancy tacos. They weren't like street tacos, the ones that like, I normally have. No, these were like fancy tacos. Oh, they were so good. I've been wanting to go back. <laughs> that was the best thing I did prior to this. It was my uh, Valentine's Day dinner. And you know what's really messed up, Luke? This is so messed up. My fiance for that day bought me a three-day pass to Disneyland. <gasps> Asked me if we've gone. No, because Disneyland shut down. And we were supposed to go like before, like, before COVID was like before they started shutting things down, we were supposed to go, but we were like, oh, no, we're going to go on a Saturday. Oh, no, it's raining. Let's just go next week. And we didn't go. And we should have just gone that one day. And I have these oh, three-day passes to Disneyland, and I haven't even used them. Oh, man. And it's the California one as well. I would imagine it's a California one. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It's not, the, it's not yeah. a good one in Florida, but, you know, it's still at the same oh, time. Oh, come on. <laughs> Disneyland. Well, I've never been to Disney World, so... Oh, I've only ever been to Disney World. So, I mean, I'm just there to try and like rile you up, but I've only ever been to the Florida one. Well, I know Disney World's bigger, but because Disneyland's Disneyland, it's like, you know. It's just around the corner from you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I like. I don't really remember doing anything of much. Like, I think we were just sort of like, <laughs> I, I honestly, it was just, you know, me and like, my wife were just living our sort of normal life. And then, you know, lockdown sort of came in. So I guess the big thing I did before lockdown truly began in the UK, like before we super got locked down was No Fans Monday, because that was in a period of time, like it's, it's one of the things we look on now and we definitely would have done it differently. But there was a period of time where it was like, well, wrestling shows aren't happening and like sports things are being shut down. But as a sort of a country, we weren't being shut down. So we were still allowed to like go out. Like we were, we went to a restaurant on that day like on that, like on No Fans Monday, we went to a Pizza Express like before the show started to eat because our country was so slow to react to these sorts of things. And so I guess, yeah, it was like No Fans Monday happened. Then like the week after the whole country got shut down. So I guess, yeah, it was No Fans Monday, which which now looking back feels super weird. 
Right? I did. Okay, so you said you went to a restaurant that day. I did. I went to the movies to go watch The Invisible Man or The Invisible mm -hmm. or the one with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, yeah. That one. I went to go watch that one. I was in the theater with a bunch of people in there, you know, eating nachos and all of this. And then all of a sudden it was like, ooh, that's done. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me and uh, my wife went to go see that. It was like a Valentine's Day thing. We went to go see The Invisible Man. Oh, you guys went too? Okay. It was a really good movie too, oh, right? So good. It was fun. Um, yeah, I went to a press screening of Sonic the Hedgehog as well. Like, oh. which feels like super weird. I went to like, actually, no, do you know what? That's I did, right. I, promoting it that week i remember yes yeah. you know, actually also like and this is wild thing i went to the premiere of birds of prey the harley quinn movie with like all of the cast there like all like like margot robbie mary elizabeth winstead was there like everyone was there and you and said it's, you didn't do anything big <laughs> I, and i'm just thinking that and not only that denise the next day i then went to a hotel to interview them all like i then spent like time in hotel rooms interviewing them i did do some big things before lockdown. god yours is way better than my taco story <laughs> and you couldn't think of anything oh hey i, I just interviewed margot robbie in you know this hotel room but hey that's not big Exactly. I interviewed Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was one of my all-time biggest celebrity crushes. And I got to like interview it. Like Birds of Prey. Oh, I loved it. I think it's great. I think the film is awesome. It. Yeah. We rewatched we rewatched it like um a couple of weekends ago. And I I think it's better on a second watch. I, really? I yeah, oh, it's so good. It's so much fun. A it's, lot of people yeah. were saying they hated it and I loved it. I thought it was oh, very they... funny. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm gutted that it didn't do particularly well. You know, it didn't help with the pandemic and everything and them changing the name. But I wanted it to do much better because I want to see more of it. Like, I want to see them do more films in that sort of, that world. And now I interviewed, and when I spoke to Marco Robbie, I was like, is this a character that you would like, you know, you'd like to play again? And, you know, everyone was there. I was like, oh, I'd love to just play these, get back into doing these characters again. So yeah, I loved it. So I guess that's the big thing I did. I went to the premiere of Birds of Prey. I'm so jelly. <laughs> That was the IMAX as well in, in uh, Waterloo. Um, uh, we've actually got a few questions, but we're running out of time. So very sorry to Kid Gaskin, Adam Gibbons. I may do Adam's one because it's an interesting thing in there. Uh, Benjamin, David, Peter, Christiana, and Abby. So very, very sorry that we didn't get to all of your questions. But I'm going to get Adam Gibbons because he is Hollywood Salcedo's number one fan. And um, he did give us a very, very kind message. But he's got a question for you. So this one is for Denise. My wife is not a wrestling fan. Do you have any ideas or suggestions on how I could attempt to make her one from a woman's perspective? what elements of wrestling attracted you to make you a fan are there any matches you would recommend showing her okay so i think this depends on her personality first and foremost so if your wife is really you know what i think could help so i'm not a big sports fan but what gets me interested in watching sports is actually knowing the stories behind the athlete mm -hmm. Or, you know, if there's a big controversy or something like that, that actually gets me interested in watching. So for me, as a person who's not interested, like in football or any of that, I will watch if like my fiance is like, oh, this is a big game. And, you know, this is so important. And, oh, this guy, this is going on with him. And that guy got traded and this, that, that, you know, all of that ins and out. I feel if you were to provide that sort of information to your wife and be like, oh, well, this person is, you know, controversial for this or, oh, this person came from there or that person came from there or this is why AEW is a big deal or this is what the fans think. Like, I feel like if you give her an insight and a background 
on whatever it is that you're showing her, I feel like that would probably drive her to be like, okay, well, let me see, you know, what's, let me get a little interested in what's happening here. And uh, in terms of matches, I think it would just depend on what she would like, but I would definitely suggest starting with actually giving her some background information on mm-hmm. who the people are, why it's important or why it's more importantly, why it's controversial, controversial. Mm-hmm. I've now sent you across my Spotify playlist, Denise. I'm so excited. I've, as I said to you in the message, I've listened to it now a couple of times <laughs> in the order because I wanted to make sure that they were in the right order. Like, does this track like match with this? There were times when a track would end and a new track would start, and I went, God dang, that's good. That's a really, really great, that's a great choice. <laughs> I feel so bad that I didn't put that much thought into my track list. And now I feel (laughs) terrible. Yours is way more thought out than mine. I did mine that night immediately. I think like an hour later or less than that, I had it in your inbox. It was like, that's, I said that to you, like you sent me a DM and I was like, oh man, you did this really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I was was written down options. See, that's true. You wrote down options. Oh yeah, I've got a. I had a, like a short list of like thirty tracks, and then I whittled it down, and then I was spent some time like listening to the tracks and be like, do I want to put that on there? I've taken some out, I've added some in. Oh yeah, no, I curate. I curated this. Oh my god, I'm so much more excited for yours, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you're going to say about mine's. But I'm like more. I feel like once I listen to yours, I'm going to get a grasp for how different mine is to yours and how your ears are going to feel. So I'm excited. When I saw your playlist come in today, I was like, all right, this. I got to schedule this. I got to make time. I'm going to do this. You know, when I have absolutely nothing going on, so I can pay full and utter attention. Yeah, I've got it yours. I'm doing it on Monday. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get my camera set up and I'm going to record myself listening to your playlist. I'm, I'm very excited, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. I honestly cannot wait to see what your reactions and your feelings are going to be. Oh, I've, I mean, I've got the same thing for, for you as well, because I mean, I don't think you're going to particularly enjoy it. But I think it's going to give you like a, a window into uh, into who I was or who I am. In fact. Your soul. Exactly. Yeah. Because these you put up a tweet. Um, just I, I saw it this morning when I got up. You said, like, let's all be honest with ourselves. We're all just listening to the same songs over and over again. And I was like, oh, damn, that speaks to me because that playlist that I've given you. Yeah, it's called Luke's Teenage Years. But Luke as a 35 year old is still listening to all of these tracks. <laughs> yes. I really because today I I you know I was thinking about that because I've been listening to the same like you know few albums on repeat over and over and over again. And so I just thought to myself, like, man, I don't listen to anything else that's different. I just go in, press shuffle play on the same couple of songs that I have on. And that's what I listen to all the time. But it makes me happy. And you know what's weird too? When you've listened to a song that you've listened to for so many years or for so many months, however the time period, right? You still find a new meanings in it or little things to love about it, whether it's the rhythm or the lyrics, or you're like, oh, oh, that hits differently. Oh, you know, I thought this was the meaning of the song, but now I'm starting to see a whole new meaning to the song. So it's pretty trippy how that happens yeah no i i I totally get what you mean like i there are certain songs that i that i just love like and they are they they, and it's about sort of like bringing back memories so there's a track that's on the playlist i've given you 
um my wife hates it she <laughs> hates it so much and it's one i and i love it and every time it's on all i can think it takes me back to my university years because there was this club that we used to go to called route 66 on a monday night was like their rock night and they always used to play it and it was an absolute bang and it always like that was the track that got everyone to be like i'm up I'm putting my drink down and I'm up and I'm getting in with like to this track. And that's what it always makes me think of. And every time I tell that story to my wife, she's like, I don't know how, because this song is awful. Like, <laughs> she's like, I don't want to get up for this song. I'm not getting up for this song. It's real bad. But yeah, so like, there are, there are certain tracks where I'm like, yeah, like, I, the, the, these like really hit me in a way of like in the memory banks. I've been like, oh man, this reminds me of this specific moment. All right. Well, we're going to have a better understanding oh, of each other after this yeah. experiment. I'm so excited. Cannot wait. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll send you, I'll send you on Monday, like once I've finished and I'll, cool. I'll send you the rushes over and everything. Um, but if you've got any other plans for the weekend, there's no shows for you to watch this weekend. No, I have no plans whatsoever. I'm planning on actually just being home, relaxing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll probably get a little work starting from the next week. So I won't have to do so much next week. But for the most part, I don't have anything going on. What about you? Yeah, we are pretty chilled, to be honest. Like we did some DIY last weekend, finally put up like a house number and built a table. Um, but yeah, like we are, we, we, we're kind of like getting some design stuff done. We've got uh, a guy coming around today to measure up some fitted wardrobes for us. And we're looking to get a kitchen island. And so wow. like- Fancy, yes, fancy. I, I know, right? Yeah, I've always wanted a kitchen island. So- well, What type of marble are you doing for your kitchen island? Well, this is it. So we're speaking with the company that installed our kitchen when we moved in, like before we moved in to see if we can get the same, like, like the same style of marble, because like that is also going to tie into the dining table that we've just bought, which hasn't arrived yet. So we're trying to decide whether we do that or do we try and tie the kitchen island to the table? So we're going through various options at the moment, but we're just getting some quotes at the moment because it turns out they're very expensive. Like we got a quote for some fitted wardrobes in what? our um oh oh closets yeah <laughs> i was like fitted wardrobes you know what i thought for a second i thought you guys were trying to get matching robes <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, they're gonna get like some i misunderstood you completely i thought you guys were gonna get some robes and they were gonna oh get, no like fitted like oh, a tailor no. like a tailor was yeah. gonna fit dude when i tell you the price of these you would have been mine would have been blown but like, it was like to get these fitted wardrobe it was like six grand it was like so much i i know we would look at the price it was like hell that's expensive oh hells no six thousand yeah oh no 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 you, you know what you can do with six thousand dollars i know that's why we looked at the price we're like oh crikey this is expensive so we're now shopping around to see if we can get like a cheaper alternative yeah Yes. Oh my God. You're better off just getting like a clothing rack from Amazon and just putting the clothes on there. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was stunned when I saw her. I was like, I said to, to my wife, I was like, well, I don't think we can afford this. Like, <laughs> I know we got some money saved, but I don't think we got that money saved. No, that's just too much. Like you can invest that in some other different direction. Go on a vacation once COVID is over. I mean, you can literally do you could literally travel so many countries and still spend half of that amount. Oh, which is why it's like an insane amount of money. Um, also, you speak of holidays. My wife has not shut up about going on a holiday. Like she's done like, when this is all done, we're going to go on a holiday and this and the other. Like It's all we've talked about for like, I say it's all we've talked about. It's all she's talked about for the last year. Like she is desperate to go Where on a holiday. Where did she want to go? 
the Maldives is kind of like that's high on her list at the mm-hmm. moment because like she's found this place on the water. Yeah, so it's this place like she's found it on Instagram and like she's like you know, liked the page or whatever it is, and I don't really know Instagram, but um, it's got like all the huts that you stay into are like over the over the sea, yes. so like and you get a private butler and things like that, and I'm like, this also sounds very expensive. Can we just go to Spain? Like, and it just oh yeah, my to- god. So I'll tell you that. So that place gives me the creeps because remember I told you I'm afraid of water. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the picture of the Maldives, because I've seen that the Kardashians are always there. I don't even know. Like every celebrity is always there. And I'm like, oh my God, it creeps me out. Like you're literally on water, but it looks beautiful, but I don't think I'd be able to do it. So you do it. You report back to me on how it goes. But you're literally going to have like the best and your wife's going to have the best Instagram account after like you know, photos yeah. of being I, there. Because my I, my wife loves the ocean. She loves being like by the sea. Like her her joke that she was, if she's on holiday, she wants to be by or partially submerged. Like, so what? she just wants to spend time in the pool, spend time in the sea. Like I'm a guy, I will sit on like a chair and I will read a book. And I will just sit there and I will just relax and I'll get some reading done. My wife is like, I'm just going to go and spend a few hours in the sea. I'm just going to go spend a few hours in the pool. And she absolutely adores that sort of thing. So it's it's very much high on her list where I'm like, as long as I can read, I'm I'm happy to go. I think everybody has that thing that they're drawn to. Like for her, it's the ocean. For you, it's relaxing and reading a book. For me, it's actually mountains. I love hmm. mountains. I don't know why. They're just so fascinating. So, oh, dude! Like, no, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When when we went in Canada for our honeymoon, we um, my wife unfortunately couldn't make it because she'd slept, like we were camping. Unfortunately, during the night, she'd managed to like sleep on a rock that was digging into her hip, so she could like oh. barely walk the following day. Um, but she didn't want me to like miss out, so she sent me on this. Um, uh, we I basically just went on this hike, and it was like this four hour hike up a mountain. And it was so great. I just put a podcast on. Actually, a couple of podcasts, in fact. And I just walked for hours, just on my wow. own. Just walked up this mountain. And it was really, really pretty. On my own again. <laughs> What's that one time from Shaq? I'm on my own again. <laughs> yeah, that one. I, uh, I, um, yeah, I basically just listened to podcasts with Ollie and Laurie. I just I caught up on the wrestling news while nice. I was on my own. <laughs> Uh, you would love. I think you guys would love living in California because there's so many places where you can hike. There's uh, multiple beaches where you can go to all the time. So I think California might be your perfect place. I've never been to California either. Like of the of the place I know, dude. Like, but of the place I've been in America, I've only been to three places. Where at? I've been, so I've been to New York. I've been to Florida twice, and I've been to Vegas. And the only reason I went to Vegas was for work. I went there for a work thing. And um, so I was like working through the day. And then I basically like also when I went to Vegas, I had $100 to my name and my debit card wasn't working over there because my bank saw me spend some money in a, in a uh, airport and thought that my card had been stolen. So they they canceled my card. Right. As like a precautionary thing. And I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, my debit card wasn't working. So I had $100 to my name and I was staying in this hotel where I had to put $90 down as a deposit um no so i had ten dollars to last me no five days how'd you do it well thankfully because i was working there like they they provided food for me so i got to like eat that and then i basically just walked like my evenings were spent just walking up and down the strip just like you know taking in the sights and taking photos and whatnot 
Well, that's the good thing about Las Vegas is that you literally have the strip to just like walk up and down at. And you can do Vegas without, you know, having no money as long as you're being fed some way, you know. So luckily you got you got lucky on the food part because if not, like you'd be screwed. Like you got it, oh, yeah. obviously. And then New York is fantastic. I've never been to Florida, but California, number one. You would love it here. You would love it. I'm t- like, I. It's funny because like anytime I travel anywhere, and I'm like, oh, this place was great, but I always find flaws where I'm like, oh, oof, I was like, it's not California. <laughs> can't do it. Can't it's do just it. Not California. No. No, and then I found this meme and I just shared it on uh, Twitter the other day that was like things Californians are good at talking about how much they love about how much they love California. And I was like, that's on point right there. That's me. <laughs> my dad did because I my mom and dad um drove around America and they got like oh, an really? RV and, they, and they did like a road trip across California. So they've done like you know east to west coast and things like that. And they've done uh, and my brothers when my, my brothers uh once went from the top of canada to the bottom of south america on a motorbike and like oh, it took him awesome. like months and months and months and months and months of traveling my, my my family are big travelers apart from me i like to stay at home and work <laughs> and uh, but like my dad really didn't like california and what? that's kind of like i know but he said he and i quote that. yeah he said it's it's so dirty it's filthy oh, it's there. Dirty. But well, if you go to Hollywood, it's very dirty. Yes. And it's gotten yeah. dirtier since COVID. Uh, I was on the freeway the other day and oh my God, it's so bad. Like there's trash everywhere. Why? And I don't know. Like they used to clean it more. And now like that whole freeway area, like the 101, just like by there, like on the sides, there's just trash. And you know, we have a big homeless problem too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it does not look good. Like it's, it's, it, 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 it could be cleaner. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it could be cleaner, but there's other parts too. Like you go and you know, everything's nice and you, it's great. <laughs> oh, when I can do go to California, you can show me all the nice places. You could like, you know, not take me to the 101. You can basically just take oh. me to all like, the nice areas. You do have to see the dirty parts though. That's just part of it. That's just hard. <laughs> you know New York is dirty too. I was like, I've been there's rats on the streets everywhere. There's I haven't seen one rat here in Los Angeles. Well, actually, there is rats here, but whatever. <laughs> Not as many as in New York. <laughs> I didn't see any rats when I was in New York. At least I don't think I did. Maybe I did. I did. I, Maybe did. I, did. I loved New York though. New York was amazing. Yeah, it is nice. That's the only yeah. other place I can see myself living at, realistically. Only oh, yeah. New York and California. Yeah, New York was a place like when we went there, I went to go meet a friend and I did I tend to go and I was like, oh, I could see myself living in New York. Like there's been a couple of places where I'm like, I could see myself living here was New York, Canada as a whole, because I loved Canada so much. Um, and uh Kyoto when we went over to Japan. I was like, oh my oh, god, this nice. is so pe- this is so peaceful here. I would I would 100 percent move here right now. So not Las Vegas. Las Vegas didn't do it for you. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was because I was on my own. And like when you're when you if you're a guy that's on your own, you get harassed a lot by like people just trying to hand you stuff or like, you know, girls just trying to get you to like, you know, take them back to your hotel room. And oh, things yeah. Like that. I yeah. The sh- oh, I know. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> like, <laughs> and if, yeah, if you think if you're on your own in Las Vegas with also $10 to your name, it's not as much. It's not a particularly fun experience. Interesting stuff for ten dollars. You can probably get like a five dollars strip show. There, <laughs> you can get two of them. Las Vegas is pretty sketchy. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, it is. Place. Yeah. They flaunt it. Like they flaunt the sketchiness too. Oh yeah, they're proud of it. Yeah. Um, 
Right. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much, uh, as always, Denise. Um, we actually didn't announce this on the show, but we're going live next week. Like it's, I know I forgot to mention that on the show itself, but we're going to do some social media pushes for that next week. So make sure you are tuning in. Um, but thank you uh, so much for listening. So we'll be back uh, on Saturday. In fact, uh, Randy and Pete will be doing the SmackDown review. Then Ollie and I will be back for the Raw podcast on Tuesday. And it's AEW Revolution next weekend. So we've got AEW Revolution predictions out on the Wednesday and then the reaction stream on the Sunday as well. And until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Rebel, now it's